With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire on International Fight Week. It is UFC 239. We have two title fights. John Bones Jones defends his light heavyweight title against Tiago Santos. And the champ champ defends her bantamweight title. It is Amanda Nunes taking on Holly Holm in our co-main event. Here to break down UFC 239, talking DraftKings specific. I am your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, the analyst, the really important guys on this podcast. I'm just here to add color and a little bit of entertainment when I can. It is Chris Olsen. Also known as at Real Chris Olson on Twitter, and Joe, who's at Sun Tzu or just Sun Tzu in the DFS MMA world. Guys, International Fight Week. Who's pumped up? Sean, I have to say though, last week you legitimately added some color to the That's podcast. Right. Yeah. A little I'm bit still, today as I'm well. Still, I'm still yeah. a little bit. I, I see yeah. that. I see that. And well, my yeah. forehead peeled all nasty too. It was <laughs> I have to tell everybody, you know, the real Chris Olson made his Cirrus XM debut. This morning, which I will put my hand up and say I missed it. I got hung up with work stuff, but there is a, there is a soundbite available to listen to, right? That's right. Yes, if you um, go to my page right now, you'll see. Um, er, uh, early this afternoon, I retweeted it. Now it's not um, the full appearance, unfortunately. It's about three minutes, but you still get to hear uh, me in all my glory in my serious debut. I was thinking about um, abandoning these guys for greener pastures, but I don't forget where I come from, yeah. so. I am here. We are going to talk about really a card that I can't remember the last time I was this excited about a card. I'm excited about so many matchups here. Um, obviously the main event, obviously the co-main event, but there are others. This is a card that is really um, sort of unique in the fact that there are a lot of big favorites here. We're going to have to comb through for dogs, which is my speciality. So I am ready to get going. Oh, let's be honest, though. You, you wouldn't leave us because this trio here – I have to say, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I think in terms of pure entertainment value, we've got to be way up there. We have a lot oh, of fun on the show. We're and amazing. I, and, I, I think, and, you know, 
You know what else? No, no, yeah. not, not amazing. Because I, I, I think there are there there are obviously other great uh, handicappers, other great DFS players out there. But in terms of entertainment, yeah. come come on now, who's more entertaining than us? <laughs> no, you get yeah, no. Joe putting you in your place at least three times an episode. It's fantastic. Oh, more. Watch more than that. And then every once in a while, Joe goes off on you and looks like a horse's ass. I did last time, that's for sure. So I live for next those time moments. you go off on him, Joe, you've you've got to you better have, have the goods. How yeah. are you doing, Joe? I mean, you have 150 entry, twenty-three dollar ninety cent tournament. I wow. mean, you well, are I'll, you are the high roller here. You, I'll you tell you what, and if there isn't enough things to spend your money on, DraftKings just dropped the televised slate. And there's a, 15, there's a $15 contest with 15 k to first. So, mm. like, like, we don't have enough to spend our money on. Uh, now we've got – oh, I'm sorry, 10 k to first. But that's still pretty darn good for a, a televised slate contest. I mean, 10 k to first. And there's also a um, there's also a, a haymaker, which is uh, pretty nice. Uh, you know, $10,000 haymaker with uh, – what, what do we got here? 1000 to first. So, like, if there wasn't enough to spend your money on, I, I will say that, um, yeah, I might be the high roller, but I do not have an unlimited bankroll. I am going in uh, 100 lineups into the 2390, um, you know, 23 of which I actually won, um, you know, previously. So at least I got some relief there. But I will be going 100 lineups deep. I currently have 72 lineups created. I've got 28 to go. Um, that's what I've been working on. Yeah, so I've so for me, if anybody's curious or just I won some tickets, I got five, and that's the only five I'm playing. Wow, playing three, three. I'm playing three in the twenty three ninety. I'm gonna go real kind of contrarian there, but I'm playing the mini max. I'm playing the, the four dollar uh, the twenty max four entry. I'm playing all my normal stuff. I'm not gonna get sucked too far away into that twenty three ninety. And I just want to bring up Joe loves his content super top heavy. I love but it. just understand it's kind of a lottery ticket and could be shared in a lot of ways unless you get really different. There are, if you're trying to build a bankroll and more serious DFS player, there are better contests in my opinion. Yes. This ticket is, you know, it, but it's for fun. And it's, and if you get that, I just kind of, I like to put that out. You got to understand if you're trying to build a bankroll, there's a better contest, but don't not play the 2390. Everybody play it. I'm playing some too. Of and course. I say, I'm only playing three and watch me come, come fight day. I'll have 10, but we'll see. Let's dig into some fights. Before I do that, as you hear my cat yelling in the background, tell me to hurry up. It is make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free 10 day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Thank you to them for allowing us to do this podcast and hosting it and putting it out. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Rotowire MMA. Subscribe to that. We also put these out live. So if you're listening on iTunes, this is a replay of the live episode friday night eight o'clock on youtube rotowire is the channel right chris it's not rotowire mma is it just rotowire uh yeah just rotowire rotowire.com i think is the username on youtube eight o'clock when we record these everybody in chat welcome let me peek in the chat see who's here as usual i'm going to give give a couple shout outs because it is international fight week and these are our, our loyal followers here you know tom green Nandalal, who if I messed your name up, I am really, really sorry. John Church. John Church, of course. I don't see him in here yet, but of, of course, Joseph Jackson is, is a regular. There's tons of guys in here who will be popping in and out. So I'm going to try and give uh, some more shout-outs as usual, and hopefully we get some more followers from this. That Mario Yamasaki, said, of course. We can't oh, forget about him. 
The Thank unemployed, you for the unemployed showing up. Mario Yams. The unemployed Mario, which is the actual Mario Yams. Yeah, exactly. It might really be him. Sure. <laughs> it could uh, be. Oh, look. We get to start off with the women's fight. So you know what, Joe? You're going to be up first here. It is Julia Avila, 8,600, taking on Pani Kianzad at 7,600. Avila, minus 190, making her UFC debut. Come back on Kianzad, plus 175. Joe. You got? I have to say that um, you know I'm I'm really liking like there's that there's a, a little bit of negative odds value in in um, you know in Avia the who's known as the Raging Panda great nickname yes um, you know I, I, p- part of the narrative here is that she kind of trains at you know a no name gym in Oklahoma um, although you know like she is she does have a wrestling pedigree um, she is uber aggressive. Um, her early in her career, and look, she's only six and one. Her only loss is as a result of a hand injury. Um, but early in her career, she beat Marion Renault and Nico Montano. So, um, you know, I've seen pretty much all of her fights. I'm so psyched that she's in the UFC. I, I wish she would have, you know, like started her career a half a decade earlier. Um, Panny, Pansy Kinzad is a tough alum, you know, lost uh, the Final in the UFC, um, got booted, um, is coming back on short notice. Melissa Gatto was the original opponent. I actually think this is a better fight for um, the Raging Panda than, than Pawnee. I think Pawnee has got some name recognition, which might is the only thing that I could think of as to why the odds are being driven down here. I really like Avia. Um, I am uh, even going to predict a finish here. Um, you know, I will predict uh, Avia by finish. I like her a lot. I will be over market weight to her, which I actually don't even want to be giving away, but I will be over market weight to her in the 2390. Avia, Avia, go Raging Panda. Chris, who you got? Okay. Um, as people in the chat uh, pointed out, uh, laughingly and lovingly, and I have to, it's it's not uh, pansy there, Joe. It's. Uh, I know. I, I, it's, uh, I actually know that. <laughs> Panny, yes, I know and, it's, um, it's Panny. All right. And um, look, I can see why people like Avila. I mean, she comes out like a house on fire. And um, she really just tries to uh, throw hands on you and smother you until you go down. And I can see why uh, people like her. Her only loss was um, because she dislocated her finger in a fight. So she doesn't really have a loss. Um, I'm looking a little bit um, uh, deeper at... Uh, Kian's out here. I, I I like her. I liked her a little bit in the in the Chieson fight. That didn't work out, but of course Chieson has some physical advantages that um, Avila won't have. I like that um, Kianzad is is a pretty technical boxer. She she's got a nice high guard that she keeps. She's uh, she's got decent footwork. I um she's a good uh, stalking pressure fighter as opposed to Avila, who's more of a burst fighter. Um, I I don't know. I think this is a closer matchup uh, than. Than the uh, than the two to yes, one. Yes, listen to Chris. It's a very close matchup. Please listen I, to yeah, Chris. I know. Doubt me again, uh, Joe. Doubt no, me I, again. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I honestly want everybody to listen to you. Like, yes, like depress ownership on her. Please listen. To I her. know. I know exactly what you're doing, Joe. Yes. You, unfortunately, you tried that with Barbarina. It didn't work so well. I know, but I know. Um, I'm, I'm going to just keep going with it. That's uh, I'm going to you know don't stop me now. So but, you're, um, you're picking. You're picking Ponzi. I am. I think this is going to be a closer fight than the odds suggest. I think either way, it's going to be pretty high scoring. I think both these women know how to throw in volume. I like Kian's eye. I think she's got a nice floor, and I think she can win the fight. Yes, but... my pick is Kian. My pick is uh, Kian's eye. Yes. Wow. Good oh. for you. 
Listen to Chris, please. Ismail Naruda Nordiev. Come on, you didn't give a pick. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to get by that one. Um, I, I like I like Avila here. I, I think what's interesting is they both throw in volume, but then they both throw in volume and burst and kind of back off. She's got um, such a strength advantage, Avilia. I mean, well, the thing is, she she could fight at thirty five. So I, I think eventually, that's my one worry with her is I don't think this is going to be eventually the weight class she finds a home in. I think she's going to eventually be be a bantamweight, but I don't know how long featherweight's going to be around anyway. Um, actually, because I had also had a busy day at work, I want to see the the um, the stare downs and see if what the size is here. I I, I feel like. Panny's the bigger featherweight, but I could be wrong. And Avila, I do think she's stronger. It's just the size is the one thing holding me back. I do think Avila wins. Um, and any any fight in the mid-range, you have to target. Just the salaries are insane this week. As we have, I think there's no fighter who's favored less than minus 200. Or Avila's the lowest now, minus one. If a couple minus 190s. As Song Yudong has dipped into the ones. But everybody's minus 200 or higher, at least, especially when salaries were released. So... Yes, yeah, Stars and Scrubs is going to be popular, but if anything in the mid-range, you need to target a bunch of um... – Sean, I think you're confusing our listening audience. Um, this is a this is a fight at bantamweight. I thought it was, fe- I thought it was a featherweight. No, it's a, really? it's a, one, it's a 135. Oh, then excuse me. I really thought this was this fight was a featherweight. Not that I can see. Okay. Nope, you're right. People are correcting me in chat. See, this is what happens when uh, there's – mil- uh, Our millions uh, of viewers, you know. Yeah, millions uh, of viewers. I have, I have dropped the ball here. Then still, then just the size, the size could, could Avila make flyweight at some point? She is incredibly solid. I mean, you got to look at her. I mean, she's got right. bigger arms, and I mean, she's a solid power power wrestler. All right, my mistake, everyone. This is why I'm just the host of the show. I add a little bit of color. <laughs> and Joe and Joe should not be asking me to give picks. I like Avila here, and we'll find out later because I'm gonna. I have I've had my hot take queued up for about a day and a half now. So I'm ready to roll on it. And I expect everyone to get real mad. Okay, let's do it. Ismail Nordiev. I'm going to say his last name again. I'm just call him Ismail from here on here on out. He's 9,300. Chance Rencounter is 6,900. Nordiev minus 525. Rencounter plus 450. You know what? I'll give you a hot, not a hot take, but the better DraftKings play in this fight, for me, Chance Rencounter. Chris, who are you taking? I still have no uh, idea to win, by the way, but Ren Counter is a better DK play. Uh, not Ren Counter. I, I just think that um, look, Nardiev. You know, I mean, I, I don't think he should he should be uh, this big a favorite. Um, I think that you know he all kind of took us by surprise, and now the odds makers don't really know what to make of it. And took my um, money, mother. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I took a lot of people's money. Um, really, you know, beating. Um, Beating Michelle Pujaris everywhere, which was so surprising, you know. Even when Pujaris did get him down, he was able to reverse pretty easily and and uh, stuffing a, a number of takedowns as well. And um, the thing here that you can't like about this matchup with Ren Counter is we saw it. We, I mean, last time he just got a quick, a quick little sub against um, Kyle Kyle Nelson, but um, the fight before that against Bilal Muhammad, um, against the guy who was just pouring offense on him and and, and really keeping the pressure on him. He just looked lost. He was just eating shots the whole fight. And um, I expect that to be the case here. Nadarev is a very active kickboxer. Um, he's a powerful guy. I think that Ren Counter could have some joy with his wrestling game. But as we saw in the Brazeris fight, um, he stopped most of those takedowns and was good on the ground defensively when he was taken down. So I can't really um, 
put that as a huge rank counter strength. And I just don't think he does enough on the feet. I think he's too passive. I think he's going to get hit too much. And I think he can get stopped here. So uh, Nerdwave is expensive, but I think he has the tools to get it done here. Yeah, he's expensive, but he's in the range with Edmund Shabazian, John Jones, Michael Chiesa, Marlon Vera. Of all those guys, like give Nordiev's last on my list. And that just means because of the dogs we're hurting for, Chen's run counter to me is in play. Joe, your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you know, this is one of those situations where we had a guy come in at 6.8k, um, as you know, or did 12.3x, scored 83 and a half points. But was not expected to even challenge, you know, Tractor Pizaris. Um, he, he threw 63. He got 63 significant strikes, four advances, and two reversals, which was pretty amazing that the way that he was able to actually operate on the ground. His smike striking is pretty fluid. So here's a situation where we got a fighter that's going from 6.8K to 9.3K, yeah. um, you know, which bothers me, worries me a little bit, and is a 5 what, 546 favorite in this fight, minus 546. So I am a little bit concerned about all this. You know, this is only his second fight in the UFC. It's on a marquee card. Um, you know, on paper, um, you know, Rencounter has is, is had much, much deeper, much deeper, um, you know, career. He's also, um, you know, never been uh, finished either by submission or by knockout. So that's something to take into consideration. You know, what is he going to score in a decision? It, now, we know that the floor, based on what he scored against Prezeris, is 83 and a half, and we all have to believe that Recontour is not going to be the same type, type of challenge that Prezeris is, but he is a taller fighter. He is, you know, pretty tough and difficult. Um, so is he going to get you 12X, which is what I think you're going to need to be competitive on this card with all the favorites. So I'm kind of with Sean where, you know, I don't, I, I see better plays here. Um, but I do think you need to have some exposure to him because if he repeats that performance against a lesser competitor, he could really go off, go off and score some serious points. So I do have concerns. I am going to pick him to win. I will have some recontour, but I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm going with uh, Ismael to win the fight. I should say, by the way, I I did my picks for Toutmaster. I'm picking every single favorite to win on this card. So Jeez, yeah. So we're getting a little creative here when we're looking for it. I agree, it, man. It basically becomes all right. Who is the? Because I want to build correlative lineups. So who are the least favorite? Who are my least favorite favorites? <laughs> who are the good. favorites I like the least for DraftKings? And then I'm playing some of the other side and mixing in and making lineups that way. I don't blame you, dude. All right, Edmund Shabazian, 9,400, taking on Jack Marshman at 6,800. Shabazian, minus 570. Jack Marshman, plus 480. Joe gives away bets all the time. This is a, a DFS podcast. I'm better at DraftKings and bets, so take that for what you will. I will say that I did bet Edmund Shabazian to win inside the distance at minus 132 earlier today. Uh, I like that line because I think Jack Marshman is – Old and terrible. He got knocked down by John Phillips, and John Phillips let him off the hook. Shabazian seems like the real deal, can adapt to a game plan, has power, has wrestling, better athlete. Give me uh, Edmund Shabazian here. And, God, I, it's it's scary betting an Edmund Tiverdian fighter, but I think, I, I think that little of Jack Marshman. Jack Marshman I will have 
zero of. And if I lose money because of Jack, because of Jack Marshman, that's just the way life goes. Joe? Yeah, I mean, Marshman, uh, even though he was let off the hook, I still don't think he necessarily won the fight, um, which got him another. Um, you know, that's I, right. Well, he got the decision, didn't he? Yeah, he got the yeah. decision. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, which is, you know, yeah. It, uh, like, you got a 21-year-old here who's, you know, he looked really good against Bird, you know, caught him, you know, knocked him out. Um, my only concern here is that he, that Shabazian does not get the finish here and this fight goes to decision. Um, and I'm not sure what he's going to score, um, you know, if this fight goes to decision. I'm going to pick him to win, and it's as big a fade on Marshman as it is, you know, going with Shabazian to win. Um, but, you know, I do have I do have concerns here. I mean, uh, he was a takedown machine against Darren Stewart. Um but then he, you know, just clocked out. Um, and he won. He only won that by split, by the way. He took Stewart down eight times and got three advances and only won a split decision. Um, so he's yeah, not, but he's not good at holding people down. Well, but Darren, Darren Stewart's Stewart a wrestler. Yeah, Darren Stewart and Jack Marshman. I think if this fight hits the ground in the first ninety seconds, I am going to start walking to the ticket window to cash my bet. Yeah, uh, you know what? That and that could be. That could be. I, I'm look. I'm picking Chabazian. Um, I like other plays um, in in that higher range, but I will pick Shabazian to win. Chris? So I want so much to be able to say, well, Shabazian, we really don't know what he is yet. I mean, he had a good wrestling performance, but then his next performance was very quick, and we can't trust him, so go with the veteran. But I can't do that because Jack Marshman just shows me so much nothing every time he steps in the cage. I know. Um, he just – he – He's supposed to be a good boxer. That's supposed to be his strength, but he he's out of range so often with his shots, and uh, he gets taken down so easily. Um, his footwork is pretty good, and and that's the one thing that uh, I'll say in his favor here. But even then, I mean, I do I do echo some of Joe's concerns because I mean we saw him eat a big shot after big shot against uh, Carl Roberson and uh, couldn't put him out. So I I do I do agree with that somewhat, but the the good thing here is we do have a wrestling um, advantage. He can grapple a little bit. That is Shabazian. And and Marshman has never shown anything on the ground at all. And I, I just can't trust Marshman. You, even as reckless as Shabazian comes forward sometimes, I just can't trust uh, Marshman to be able to find a big shot. It just hasn't happened in so long, and I'm not going to trust it here. I'm going to take Shabazian, and I think he scores big one way or the other. Either he gets a, lot, a, a ton of takedowns and uh, – some passes and, and a big decision, or or he gets a finish. Song Yadong, 8,500, taking on Alejandro Turbo Perez, 7,700. Shouldn't have scrolled past that so quick. 7,700. Yadong, as I mentioned earlier, now minus 190. Come back on Perez, plus 175. Perez is a guy who manages to look bad in fights and still win them. That being said, it's a huge step up for Song Yadong. He hasn't fought nobody the caliber of Alejandro Perez. Perez is a good, you know, I, I took a shot at him, but he's a UFC caliber fighter. I, I can't take that away from him. Yudong is oh, quicker. Sure. I think the speed is what's going to be the difference here, but I think this is a close fight. Perez has really good takedown defense, and here's the issue is that, again, I don't want to play a ton of song. Perez in three rounds, rack up some striking, could weasel out a decision on this with lack of dogs, could be plenty here. I'm 
likely to have more Alejandro Perez than Song Dong, even though I'm I'm rostering um, picking Song to win. As I mentioned, I am picking every favorite to win. I think the speed is ultimately going to be the issue here. If you're wondering where I'm going to make up all this mid-range salary, by um the way, just wait till, till we get to Luke Rockwell to, to the Luke Rockwell Jan Blahovich fight. Everywhere. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. That Man. That's the fight. So if you're wondering well, who the hell is he playing, that's the fight. So uh, songs to pick. Perez, I'll have more DK exposure to because I have to. Uh, Chris. Yeah, I don't dislike Alejandro Perez. I think he's a he's a good boxer. He's got some good footwork as well. Um, I what I noticed um, is that he really seemed to struggle uh, against uh, Cody Stamen when Stamen was really um, pressuring him and. and 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 keeping him walled up against the cage, and I expect Song Yudong to to do a similar thing here. I don't expect him to give him a second to breathe. I don't expect him to give him the space he needs to find his shots. I agree with you about the speed advantage. Um, Song Yudong can can is pretty good at everything, as you said. Um, Perez has some good takedown defense. Um, he's a hard guy to hurt, so eighty five hundred is kind of a steep salary here. Uh, this could be a fadeable fight. But as for the pick, I'm going with you, Don. Joe? Yeah, so I think Perez is going to be one of the three betting line underdogs that is going to get some ownership. You know, might be my least favorite of the three, and I'll tell you why. Um, In three decision wins, um, he scored uh, 56 and a half, 47 and a half, and 60. So even in a win, you're not going to get 10x from him. Um, You know, which tempers my enthusiasm for him. He beat, he beat Eddie Wineland. Um, he was a favorite in that fight, 9.1 K salary. Um, he was an underdog against, uh, you know, Akantara who, you know, has just fallen off a cliff, but, and won that fight by decision, but only scored 47 and a half points. And then against Sukumtov, I think it was pretty <laughs> even. And uh, Sukumtov. And then no, no, not that. Um, oh. I, whenever anybody mentions that fight, I laugh because oh. he got knocked down three times in the right. fight. And he scored 60 points. So <laughs> uh, that's what concerns me a little bit. I mean, look, here's the thing. Yadong is the UFC bright golden boy or one of their golden boys for China. Um, I have to believe, and again, you know, read this as narrative, if you may, um, that they did not bring him to Las Vegas to lose. Um, they want him to do well. Um, it's such a huge market ch- in China. There's a PI that opened up there that's opening up. So I'm going to pick Song Yudong to win, although I do think that um, there will be some ownership on Perez. And let, let's be honest, you know, uh, Yudong has not exactly beat the murderer's row in um, Kandari, Arantes, and Morales. I don't know if any of those guys are with the UFC anymore. Um, he did score 104, 113 and a half, and 185 and a half. Um, so, yeah, but, but, but our, our friend Chris has put up 100 over Baja Kandari. Yeah, so you're, yeah, that could be. So you you are likely going to get, you know, at 8.5K, you are likely going to get your 10 to 12X on a win, um, just based on past precedent. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna take I'm going to take you down. I don't know yet what my ownership is going to be on him. But um, I think I'm currently at targeting him at around 15%, which will probably be under the field because it's mid-range. But I'm going to pick you, Dong, to win. Claudia Gedalia, 8,800, taking on Randa Marcos at 7,400. Gedalia minus 220, Marcos plus 200. 
The one concern I have in this matchup is Claudia Gedalia has been declining. We, we can see the the decline. I just I still think she's better than Randa Marcos because Randa Marcos has kind of Claudia Gedalia, just you know a poor man's a poor man's Claudia Gedalia. Has wrestling, has some pressure, tends to you know starts quick, tends to slow down. Gedalia should just be better unless she's totally falling off a cliff. Minus two twenty is a little wide for me, but. I get it. Um, yeah, Gadelia's the better play. I don't want any of Marcos here. She just doesn't doesn't excite me that much because I don't think she's going to be have grappling success against Gadelia. I think the way Marcos wins this fight is if she actually takes it slow, paces herself, lets Gadelia burn herself out, maybe stop a couple takedowns. Esparza did drop did drop Gadelia, which is concerning. But yeah, Esparza very, very concerning. has shown as far as as far as the standup has been improving across the board. And that was kind of the first spot we saw it. But I still think Gadelia's better. I don't have interest in Randa Marcos. It just Gadelia should be a little bit better everywhere. So give me Gadelia. Still not one of my favorite plays in that range, but I do think she wins. Who's starting this one off? Uh okay. Joe. Okay, so I should say that I really do like the uh the Brazilian Scarlett Johansson. Um, uh, Claudia Gadalia. Um, however, um, and this is all narrative, right? Um, well, some of it's narrative. Okay, she's 33 years old, right? I don't know. I'm sorry, she's not 33 years old. Marcos is 33 years old. Gadalia, you know, Gadalia is how old is she? Okay, so Gadalia is 30 years old, but she is a worn 30 years old. She had wars against Joanna, okay. Um, I will argue that she actually lost to Carla Esparza fight, which would put her at three losses, considering she lost to uh, Nina Arsenov. Um, you know, so so let's look at her recent wins. Karolina Kokevich, who fell off a cliff, and Courtney Casey, who's like a split decision machine um, against whoever she fights. So I would argue she really hasn't had a quality win in a while, um, at least on paper. Um, Mark uh, Marcos has beaten Carla Esparza. Um, on paper, because that was a pretty close fight. Um, that was a robbery. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um, however, Angela Hill, you know, went went the distance with Andrade. Um, she armbarred Angela Hill in the first round. My understanding is, and again, this is narrative, that she's got her whole camp situation, you know, straightened out. <clears throat> um, you know, I I liked what I saw against Angela Hill. Um, Claudia, on the other hand, has taken some a beating. I don't think that she is going to be any more than a gatekeeper um, for the one in one fifteen. I don't know if that's going to affect her mentally. I did hear that she's back in New Jersey with Mark Henry for this camp. She does have some roots in New Jersey. There's a large Portuguese community. Um, she does events in New Jersey. I always see her doing like promotions in New Jersey. I agree with everything Sean said that Claudia Gadelia should on paper is better everywhere. However. Um, surprise, surprise, I am going to buy into the narrative a bit here. Um, I will have a fair amount of exposure to Marcos. We need a dog or two. Um, there's one dog I actually like better on this card that we'll talk about, but we will have, um, I will have some Marcos and I am going to actually pick her for the upset. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Marcos by decision. Can't believe you're going to pick against Funky Ben Askren. I can't believe you're going to go there. I am. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I, I knew am. it. Got it right. As am I, but that's all right. We're good. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, um, I kind of think um, it's not that she doesn't have any deficiencies. The cardio is an issue. 
but I kind of think her, her demise has been a little bit uh, overstated. I think, you know what? I think it depends on how you see. I think people were really sort of surprised when she lost in the Antaroff fight. I actually think Nina Antaroff is uh, a better fighter than I think most people do. So what about I'm, Carla? What about Carla? Forget Carla, about Antaroff. I, I agree. I agree with Sean. I think I think Carla's boxing is is very underrated. I think it has been for not a long underrated. Time. So it vastly improved. It was bad. Well, no. Okay. I, I'm going to go a step further. I think it's underrated. I think that now it might have been bad for a while, but now I think it's underrated. I think people haven't caught up to the switch, but. Um, I agree with basically with what Sean said. I think that is just a letter everywhere. You're breaking up, dude. Am I okay? Uh, is is it okay now? Yeah, you're we, better. You're okay, okay now. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. So, what's the last thing you heard? Is she? A, she's a better. Uh, She's a better boxer, better wrestler, better uh, jujitsu player. Um, if she gets tired, that's one thing. But I mean, it's not. It, it, I, Mark Marcos has shown some card, cardio issues in the past herself. Um, I just I don't see I don't see Marcos sticking to a consistent game plan, even if she does win parts of the fight. That's been a knock on her throughout most of her fights. Like she'll get that first round takedown, and then you know inexplicably she'll stay on the feet for the next two rounds. I don't. I just don't see where she wins this fight unless. As Joe said, um, Gadalia is so so worked, or she gets so tired that Marcos can steal it. But otherwise, I'm going with Gadalia to win this pretty comfortably. I would like it a lot better, um, as Marcos said in chat. If it were a little bit less expensive, if it were 85 instead of 88, I think I'd be all over it. As it stands, I still think it's a pretty comfortable win, but um, maybe tread a little more cautiously with the bigger uh, prices on the slate still left. Give some the shout out to some regulars in chat. You got Marco. I don't want to try and say your last name, buddy. He's he's still in here. Dave LB, I saw pop in. So thanks to those guys. As we are in our international fight, we can throwing out extra props to our to our millions of loyal listeners. Marlon Chito Vera, ninety five hundred, taking on. I've been dreading this name for a uh, long time. <sighs> Take a deep breath. I'm gonna compose myself. Noholin Hernandez. I think fine. I got that close. That's fine. Minus 400 for Vera, plus 355 for Hernandez. If I didn't say the DraftKings salary, Hernandez is 6,700. Chito Vera is 9,500. This fight, yeah, this fight is it's weird because Marlon Vera should get a quick finish, but he always starts so freaking slow. He's a slow starter. Another bet I have, I had this fight going over one and a half because we said at one and a half. Bantamweight fight. I know Vera has power and he's improving. Uh, Hernandez is, was going to headline an LFA card in, in two, two, three weeks. He was in camp, good fighter, was going to get a call up soon. I th- this fight is closer than the line indicates, I believe. I think the line's a little wide. Marlon Vera at minus 400, that's just a bit much. He should be comfortably favored here, but yeah, four to one or one to four, I, that, that's that's a little steep for me. I don't mind some punts on Hernandez because. You know, Vera just doesn't put away people quick. I know he did it to Frankie Sines last time out, but he went deep into the second round against Waligi Barron, lost the first round to Waligi Barron, which I remember because I was at Joe's house for that one saying, watch Barron's going to win a couple rounds here. He took one and then got knocked out, but I digress. I just, Vera doesn't have a killer instinct to where 
he's going to finish somebody quick. That being said, he still puts up 100 points. This is a fight I'm targeting both sides of. I do think Vera is better. I don't think his Hernandez is a slouch. I'll have some shots on him, but give me Chito Vera for, I think, a third round TKO. Chris. Yeah, hopefully we can stop agreeing soon because this is getting aggravating. But um, I, I, I pretty much, I pretty much agree with everything you said. The reason why I think this fight is kind of interesting is that uh, the, uh, the Cheeto opponent here is um, he's got no defense whatsoever. Recent fight, he was knocked down uh, four times um, before being finished, which I mean, I guess shows you he's tough, but you know, not quite the kind of toughness you're looking for, as they say. The um, what you want is to let have nobody know how tough your chin is. That's uh, that's the goal. Are you talking about the boxing bout? No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, uh, against uh, talking, Damian Lopez. No, no, no. I'm talking about the last fight that uh, Noel was in. Yeah, it was it was it was a boxing match against Damian Lopez? No, he, I, I'm he, talking, re I'm, he recently was in a boxing match, but he's had. Oh no, I didn't see that. Maybe. Okay, so that, you're talking about Reyes, where he won a split decision. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, um, I just, just wanted to clarify. Okay, no, yeah. I I I wouldn't bring up boxing in here no. But um I uh I think that um look, we've seen Cheeto struggle when people put pressure on him. And this guy is a pressure kickboxer. He's got no defense whatsoever. So Cheeto can tag him up, hit him hard and get him out of there. But Cheeto does struggle when people put pressure on him. Guido Canetti came out fast and hurt him a couple times in that first round. Um, so that's what makes this so interesting to me. I think either guy is live to a finish here. I think they're both going to be swinging for it. I think this is a fight to target. I'm going to I'm going to both sides the hell out of this one. Otto's not here to yell at me. Um, so yeah, I think, um, look, I, I think the, um, the, the, the ownership here on Hernandez could be uh, pretty low. He's a late replacement. Likely people don't know that much about him. But I think he's a guy to keep an eye on because I think this is going to be an action fight. Yep. Okay, so I have a couple of concerns here. You know, this is real. what's really unusual if you look at Hernandez's record. He actually turned professional off of two submission losses as an amateur, which, you know, I don't know that you really see that too often. It's like, yeah, I got, I got finished in my last two fights. Let's turn pro. Hello, McFly. Um, okay, so he turns pro after two losses in 2016, and then he can crushes, right? So his next four fights, he gets three wins by finish and one decision, right? Then he takes his first loss, which again, he gets submitted, right? Then from that point on, he is a split decision machine. Split decision, split decision, split decision, unanimous decision, unanimous decision. So the guy is, he's a decision fighter, right? Um, the one thing that I see that he has going for him, I mean, is that he trains at AKA. Um, you know, that is a, a big positive here. Um, I don't know if it's enough. He's only 25 years old. I, I suppose the other thing is that he is equivalent in height and reach. You know, Vera, you know, typically seems to be the, one of their bigger Bantamweights, um, you know, I believe he met, they match up pretty well. They're both five, eight. Um, actually he has a reach advantage over, over about a one and a half inch reach advantage over Vera, which is kind of unique. Um, you know, Vera typically fights the, the, you know, the smaller guys, but, um, so that's fine. Although, you know, on his, you know, on a good day, Vera should win. Um, Sean's narrative about him coming in off of, uh, 
you know, training to fight a title fight in LFA is great, but, you know, Vera is still the guy who had the full camp, and I'm going to pick Vera to win. I, I guess I'll throw a few darts at Hernandez. It's just I don't see him getting a finish if he wins. I see him winning by decision, and I don't even know if he'll get enough points for 10x on a decision, but I will I will pick uh, Cheeto Vera to win. He is definitely not one of my favorite plays at his price point. Um, but Vera for the win. All right. Arnold Allen, 9,000, taking on Gilbert Melendez at 7,200. Allen, the big favorite in this one, minus 335. Come back on Gilbert Melendez, plus 305. Gilbert Melendez, four-fight losing streak. Um, USADA victim, 100% um, in my mind. Arnold Allen, though, good fighter, solid, well-rounded. It's going to fight patient, though. So I think he is safe for a win, but, man, he's not a, his style is not good for DraftKings. And on this card, unfortunately, that means I'm playing some shares of the ghost of Gilbert Melendez. Just kind of the way it is for me, the way I'm building, it is scary. It is – but maybe he's back on the juice. And ultimately, Arnold Allen should win this fight. But if they end up staying at range and Allen is patient – Melendez is a veteran who has some solid stand-up. It's not unthinkable to think he could score, he could steal steal some rounds and win a fight. I will say, because I can hear Joe thinking it, yeah, but just like the last fight, even if he wins, is he going to get 10x? Maybe not, but I'm going to say if we're picking all these favorites and saying that's all about you know all these underdogs, unless we're going to talk about them in a little bit, unless Santos wins or unless unless um, Masvidal wins, and Masvidal's priced up. You might need one of these guys who gets a win, doesn't hit 10x. They might be on the optimal way the way this card shakes out. Now, if one if, if one or both of those guys goes goes out and put it puts up 110, maybe not. But I'm not going to turn away from a guy who I think, you know, I'm not playing Arnold Allen because he's just not good for DraftKings. So Allen's the win here. He he should point his way to a decision win. Uh, we're up to Joe for this one. Okay, so I think Allen's actually a sneaky play here. Um, you know, first of all, Melendez being, you know, 37 years old, hasn't fought in two months shy of two years, um, you know, coming off of four losses. I honestly, I didn't even realize he was still in the UFC. Um, you know, I don't see this as someone who's also, you know, been constantly training over the course of the last two years. You know, he's been doing commentating gigs. Apparently he's got businesses, he's making money, you know, he's not necessarily doing this for, a paycheck. I have disclosed career earnings north of 1.2 million. Um, I just don't know what he's thinking here. I'm surprised he's not on the Sacramento card. That would seem to be a better card for him. Um, Allen, on the other hand, is you know polar opposite. One of the better prospects in the uh, coming out of the UK. Um, 14 and one uh, trains at TriStar. You know we all have these you know TriStar point fighter. Um, you know, commentary or narrative. Um, it's I, true. Yeah, no, look, I, I get it. I get it. I do think, though, that he could get the finish here. I mean, I honestly do. And I think at 9K, um, he's a sneaky play. I mean, you know, um, he's, he's, he's a young fighter. What is he, 25? Okay, he's 25. Um, you know, TriStar point fighter, yes. Current win streak, seven. Guy also likes pizza, which is good in my book. Um, aside from that, though, I, I really do think he could be a sneaky play at 9K to get the finish because everything I you said, Sean, 
you know, it's all out there, right? He's he's a points fighter. He's a decision fighter. Um, you know, hasn't been getting a lot of finishes yet. Um, what does he really have to do to beat Melendez? I mean, yeah, if you look at his stat lines, you, you want to run and hide from this guy. I mean, 58 and a half, 59 and a half, 79. Right? This is up. 79 yeah. against Reza Madadi. Yeah, his yeah. last his last three fights, he's got, he's got 6.7x, 6.5x, and 10x. So what I'm saying is, I'm, rather than going to the ghost of Gilbert Melendez, I'm thinking that Allen might be a contrarian play here at 9k. Um, just based on his stat line, no one in their right mind would 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 play this guy, right? So I'm thinking he's going to be maybe a contrarian play, and his owner she's going to be way underowned. So I think there's a bit of of that here. So I'm going to pick Allen to win, um, and I am going to actually pick him to get the finish here. Oof. Chris, yeah, um, I can see where coming from. Um, it would be a contrarian play. I think it's just hard. It's hard to do on this slate specifically. I think I think I would like it more on a less loaded slate than this, but I do see where you're coming from. Um, I just think Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen is very good at keeping range, and I just think the um, the uh, more classic boxing of Gilbert Melendez isn't isn't gonna isn't gonna really find any joy here. I think that um, he could use his kick. Uh, kicks Gilbert's still really heavy on that front leg, as of course we saw in the Jerry Stevens fight, where he turned it in a hamburger meat. Um, I think um, I think Melendez can get finished here, but he's a really tough finish. Um, I, as if I remember correctly, he didn't even get finished in that Stevens fight, did he? He fought the whole way, I believe he did. Um, so yeah, I, I think Arnold Allen wins here, but on a slate like this where there's so many favorites. I, I mean, Joe's playing, what, 100 lineups, you said, in the big one? Yeah. So I, I, for you, I wouldn't mind taking, like, 9 or 10 if you wanted. Um, but um, if, you're, if you're playing, like, 10 to 15, or I, I, I might have to stay away from Arnold Allen here. But, I mean, look, it's intriguing. You know he's going to be low-owned. I yep. really think he's got advantages here, and uh, that's always intriguing. As we, as we said in the beginning, you're going to need to be different. Um steep pay jumps and all that lottery ticket. But uh, yeah, so um, Arnold Allen's the play. And uh, uh, I guess it's up to your discretion if you want to uh, use the uh, the contrarian payout. I will say last thing, because went a little long this week talking about this great card. Um, Melendez, those four straight losses, Anthony Pettis, Eddie Alvarez, Edson Barbosa, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. Those are legit, yeah, but sure. I do think Allen's a good a good James partner. Tahuna, James Tahuna. Yeah, I'm, yeah, just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm still picking Allen to win, but all right, now we get to, we get to some really interesting ones here. Michael Chiesa, 9200, taking on another ghost, the ghost of Diego Sanchez at 7,000. Chiesa minus 355, Sanchez plus 320. The ghost of Diego Sanchez on a two-fight win streak. Guys, listen very carefully. Make close to my mic. It could be loud against Craig White. <laughs> and Mickey Gall. Yeah, this is different. Michael Chiesa was a top 10 guy. Yes, at lightweight. Guess what? He's healthier at welterweight. In those fights, in both of those fights, by the way, Craig White and Mickey Gall, Diego Sanchez was hurt. It hurt bad, and he was able to rely on his grappling. He cannot do that here against Michael Chiesa. I know Diego's a black belt. Chiesa's a good grappler, too. Give And I just, everyone is liking Diego that I've heard. Give me Michael Chiesa. I might mix in a couple shares of Diego just in case because he is out of his freaking mind. I do love watching Diego fight. 
But I think Chiesa is the better play. I think he's going to go under own. Give me Michael Chiesa. And what's going to be a theme that we're going to get to in the next 15 minutes talking about the uh, next two fights, guys moving up a weight class should do good things for them. This is the more confident of those two, I think. Um, well, no, I like both of them pretty well. And there's there's holes for different reasons, but give give me Chiesa here. Um, can you really see 30 million-year-old Diego Sanchez on a three-fight win streak? Because I can't. Uh, Chris. Okay, so here's the thing. Diego Sanchez doesn't really lose to grapplers. He beat Marcin Held, and he outgrappled them. I, I think that, um, look, Michael Chiesa, for as much as he likes grappling and he's a good top control grappler, he gets subbed a lot. Um, uh, yeah, um, Carlos Condit had him deep in an arm bar in that fight. I mean, he, he puts himself in bad positions. And then he, outstruck, now, and then he outstruck Carlos Condit. Sure, sure. But uh, look, I'm not saying that don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that Kiesa can't knock Diego out here. He can. But what I'm what I'm saying is that um, Kiesa is going to be more than happy to entertain the grappling exchanges. And when he does, I think Diego is going to beat him there straight up. I, I, I really, I really, I really think he will. I think that um, as long as Diego has this fight on the ground, I think he's safe. I think that um, um, uh, Kiesa is a, uh, a a rangy guy, sort of a. Um, a, uh, an improving boxer. I mean, Mickey Gall, they're not the same fighter before Sean free, freaks out, but Mickey Gall had some of that length too, and uh, Diego dealt with it. I th- I just think this is a pretty good matchup, and look, for 7K, it's hard to go. I I mean, I, I actually think you're right, Sean, that um, that Kiesa can go under own here, but I, I think it's I think it's hard to pass on Diego here. We're talking about dogs, dogs, dogs. We got a guy in, 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 in look, let's say this. The most favorable ma- kind of matchup he's going to get at this point in his career. It's this, um, this is worlds different. I, I'm like, how is it worlds? It's worlds different than Marcin like Held. Mickey Gall is rocking you on the feet. Are he you did not rock him. He did oh, not oh, rock yes, him. He, he never rocked him. Yes, never rocked him. He, he didn't. Game Everybody, game. go watch that fight and, and prove how right he, I am. He blitzed him and he hurt him. He, he absolutely hurt him. He hit him. He didn't hurt him. I, yes, I, I'll, really. I'll say Craig. Craig White did. That's but 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 uh, and, and look, I'm just I'm and, just ta- and it's chalkier and just com- comparing. I just can't. It's not chalk. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. You. This is you're not being different here. You're really not. Craig like, White. Craig like, White was way chalkier than this. Craig, everybody was on him first. Craig. Everyone's picking Diego. Is picking Diego here or no. Diego? Yeah, a lot of people are on Diego's live DK play. Absolutely, I think. And if, if golf's gonna hurt you in the feet, like give me right, so Chris. Chris, you're picking. You're picking Diego. I'm picking Diego. Look, okay. small sample size, but I think I'm the only one who picked him in our staff picks, or yeah. maybe me and somebody else. Yeah. Okay, so um, you want some stats here? Let, let's give you. First of all, I don't believe Diego's five ten. I think he's probably closer to five eight. But let's say he's five ten. So that gives Kiesa a three inch uh, height advantage, three and a half inch reach advantage. Um, Here's the other part of the narrative. Diego has never been submitted. Okay, got it. Got it. Diego's never been submitted. He's coming off a two-can crush winning streak. Um, I like the way that um, I like the way that uh, Kiesa looked at 170 in his last fight. Um, obviously, you know, the, the weight cuts have been killing him. A guy who's six foot one. Um, I get it. Um, I think that. Uh, Kiesa will win this fight wherever it goes. 
I think he has the potential to knock That's Diego crazy. out. I think he has the potential to knock Diego out. I think he has got a, a, a jiu-jitsu advantage. Um, more, na- more narrative, Diego Sanchez has left Jackson Wink. He was there. He was there since Crocs were cool. That's left a good. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, you have a two-fight win streak, and you leave your camp. You typically don't see that. Now, with that said, you know none of us seem to really think a lot of sick jitsu. They have some unique, um, unique philosophies as to how they how they run their camps. Um, with that said, again, like I think Allen is a sneaky play. I think um, if 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 I'm going to get um, ownership. If I'm going to get low ownership on Kiesa, man, count me in. I'm going to be all over Kiesa. I'm not saying Diego's not worth a punt, but this is a fight that if Kiesa wants to move up in the ranks, he knows he has to dominate. You know, he beat the ghost of Carlos Conduit. He needs to beat the ghost of Diego Sanchez and not by decision. So I, I think Kiesa knows what's at stake here. Look, I love the aggression of Diego, and he's a fun guy. I think he's got some mental issues, but above and beyond that, oh, I think, you, you think you think I, he might have some? You think? I think I all Kiesa has all the tools <coughs> to beat Diego. So I'm thinking. You think you think Kiesa is a better a better submission grappler than Martin Held? Because I do not. I do. But okay, well, yeah, Martin Held. But come on, Chris. Me, Michael Kiesa was top ten at lightweight. Marching Held can can barely get a Bellator. People what does are that mean? Kiesa. That's, but that's are absolutely underrating Kiesa because they don't like him. Period. The idea that I lo- that he choked out Benny is is means a lot. He choked out Jim Miller. Choking um, out Benio Darius and Jim Miller is no joke. Yeah. So I I like Kiesa here a fair amount. I agree with Joe. Let's move on. Luke Rockhold, eighty four hundred. Taking on Jan Blavich, 7,800. Sorry, Chris. I made myself laugh there. Minus 225 on for Rockhold. Yeah. Come back on Blavich, plus 205. I love this fight. Luke Rockhold's an extra 20 pounds. Douching it up in his interviews, as always. If you didn't see uh, the one today, it's, it's a pretty good one. Um, look, Jan Blavich, the only question here is, is Luke Rockhold's chin totally destroyed from, a, from what UL Romero did to it? That's the narrative everyone's talking about it. That is absolutely accurate. Extra 20 pounds will help. It's how destroyed is it? But Jan Blahovich hasn't knocked anybody out in five years. And I think that was a body kick against Alir uh, uh, Latifi. If he gets on top, Luke Rockhold's top game is strong. Mid-range fight, high inside the distance prop. I love me Luke Rockhold. And whatever Luke Rockhold I don't have, I'll hedge some with Jan Blahovich. But I think Rockhold's the better fighter. And if we weren't worried about the chin... Issues, I think he's closer to minus 400. So uh, I like Rockhold a bunch here. Joe. Okay, so this is the only fight on the card that offers any significant odds value, right? So if you look at where Rockhold currently is, Rockhold is currently at uh, minus 236 at 84 at 8.4K. Um, he has got Gedalia, Askren, Yadong, and Avilia, who are all higher priced on DraftKings. Um, you know, under him in terms of, uh, you know, odds value here. So it does make me a little nervous, you know, um, his, his, you know, fighting at, you know, 205, um, you know, Blankowitz is not a small guy, but Rockhold should have all the tools to beat, you know, to beat Blankowitz. Now I thought Blankowitz actually had a shot to, to do something in the weight class prior to his last fight, where he essentially just laid, laid an egg in his last fight. So. I like Rockhold. Unfortunately, I think he is going to be one of the highest owned 
fighters on the slate. He's mid-range, and he's offering odds value, right? That's not something that you're seeing on this card. I mean, this this is like there's not an 8.2 and 8K um, fight range on this card. You've got Rockhold at 8.4, right? And you've got, you know, you've got Blockowitz at, at, at 7 point, uh, what is he, 7.8? 7. 7, 7.7. So eight, you're, No, you're right. I'm sorry. Eight. So you're getting odds value. Um, you're getting odds value with Rockhold. I mean, obviously, coming off that knockout against Santos, that was not a good look um, for Blankowitz. Um, You know, and again, that's, I think, what has caused – before that, he was on a four-fight win streak against Krylov, Manawak, Hananier, and Clark, you know, which looked really good. Um, you know, my one concern with Rockhold is that he essentially had his life changed um, for him in his fight against uh, – Joel Romero. I mean, yes, he's taking time off, which is good, but man, did you know that was hard to beat him? Like he beat him like what someone say beat him like onions. Um anyway, he beat him bad. So I don't know. That's just I heard that I think on on the movie Hoodlum. Watch out before I beat you like onions. Um okay, so I'm gonna pick Rockhold here. Mike, the one concern I have is that if you're gonna play him in the you know the 23 he's going to be so highly owned um that you know you're not going to it's going to be hard to get anything contrarian um you know any kind of contrarian lineup with rockhold especially if you're pairing him with john jones so um rockhold for the win make note of the odds value make note of the fact that he's going to be really highly owned chris so maybe I'm crazy and I get the odds value and all that stuff, but I don't see Rockhold as being that highly owned. Just because oh, I think it's going to be over fifty percent. Well, just all the odds, all the poker. Wait, 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 wait. You said you said over fifty percent. Yep. Can I? You want? Can we prop at that fifty percent? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you even money. Okay, fine. Uh, five bucks. Done. Done. All right, good. Um, Joe, who do you have in that bet? No, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I think fifty percent is a good number. I think that's actually a good bet. All right, let's see. I think that's all a right. Solid let's see bet. it. And uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a welcher like some people I can name that aren't here. But, um, Otto, that's fired. I, I'm gonna, I was gonna give Otto a chance to go double or nothing on Andrea KGB Lee's next fight, but you know he's been MIA, Otto. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I mean, the reason I said that, just to just to finish off the point there, is that I, I think um, the perception of Rockhold never really recovered after the Michael Bisping knockout. Um, I think I think people didn't didn't think too highly of even the David Branch sub when it happened. Now it now it looks way way worse. Um, and I just think I just think he might be a little bit of an afterthought here. Look, he 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 came up, he lost to Romero, he's taken more time off. Yeah, he, he's been very inactive. People just remember the knockouts, but I, I digress. We'll we'll uh, we'll see who makes that sweet five dollars. Um, having said all that, I am still picking Rockhold here, and the reason the reason I am is because um, look, I was just talking about his ownership. That's all. Um, the reason I'm picking him is because um, I think um, look, Blackovich has been doing okay in that division. Um, he's a he's a decent counterpuncher, and he's a good boxer for the division, which basically means he knows how to throw a jab, which actually is has done wonders for him there. But um, I think Rockhold should be able to, to keep the distance with his kicks. I think um, if he gets him on the ground, I, I think his, his uh, submission game is way better. I just think that, um, look, can can um, Blakovich find his chin? I mean, 
Dave Branch had some success in that first round, uh, finding the chin a little bit. So, you know, it's possible. But I think Rockhold, as I said, using his kicks, using his length, mixing in that wrestling against the cage, um, I think this is Rockhold's fight to lose, and uh, I think he probably gets a finish here. Ben Askren, 8,700, taking on Jorge Masvidal at 7,500. Askren minus 200, Masvidal plus 185. Askren, I want to say this, guys. I don't care that Robbie, Robbie Lawler was not out. That fight was over. Give it a few more seconds. He was either going to tap or going out. It wasn't a headlock. It's a bulldog choke. It is no no joke. If you've ever been in one, the fight was over, period. Now, this moving on. Have you ever been in a bulldog choke? Let me come. No, but no, but that's not the point. Choke. I'm not, but I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. What I'm saying is there's no such thing as wait a while. If it didn't happen, it didn't happen. It, was, it, it didn't happen. Perfect stopped it three seconds too early from His, you having no leg to stand on. The fight was over. But what, no, but I, but I would rather that. I, I would rather that, and then I would have nothing to say about it. His thumb was up literally a second before the fight was called off. You can't do anywhere. that. You can't do it, but you can't. Going that might, might, maybe, maybe not, as uh, Jorge Masvidal would say. You, can, you We don't know that for sure. Oh, we Okay. Disagree. Because go watch the Gracie, break, the Gracie Breakdown. I trust those guys more than anyone else. Anyway, Askren has got either Masvidal is going to be able to get back up after he's taken down, and he obviously will win the stand-up exchanges and, and win a fight, a mid-range fight, so you got to play some, or Askren is going to wrestle you-know-what him for three rounds and probably score pretty well. So I like this fight both sides. I think the wrestling wins out of Askren. I keep forgetting who we're up to this week. Anybody know? I think Anybody? it's me. I don't know. You have all right. Um, so whether or not um, the, the choke was in, um, it wasn't. But whether or not it was, um, look, you still haven't seen Askren do anything in the UFC. Um, whether or not you think he won that fight. Um, he, he he didn't really get his takedown game working against uh, Robbie Lawler. I don't – You still we still don't know if he can get his takedown game working against high-level competition. That's the bottom line. Um, and Jorge Masvidal, look, we, t- we even talked about this last week when we were talking about Damian Maya. He had a good enough jujitsu to keep Damian Maya, not only keep him from being subbed, but reverse him in that first round, take him off his back in the standing position and land some vicious ground a pound and, uh, really put Maya in trouble, um, saved by the clock at the end of that first round. So, um, I, I trust, I trust Masvidal a ton here. I think he's going to come out, um, a more aggressive style, more similar to what we saw in the Till fight and what we've seen in fights like the Ellenberger fight. I think that, look, um, uh, Ben Askren can make me look silly here, but I got to see it first. I got to see his game work against high-level competition, and I haven't seen it yet. So, he just submitted Robbie Lawler, so that's weird. No, well, well, no. I mean, I mean, he really, he didn't, but um, he did. Herb, Dean, Herb Dean did. Um, but um, I... I um, I think that um, look, this is one of those these fights we always talk about. Sean mentioned it. It's it's a binary fight. Either one guy gets their game working, or the other one does. And um, if Ben Askren doesn't get his game working, he's going to get knocked out because he literally has no striking whatsoever. That is not hyperbole. Um, I think that um, Masvidal is going to keep the range. I think he's going to be good enough to stop takedowns. I think he's going to get a, a finish here. Uh, probably a quick one. I like Masvidal. Give me all the Masvidal. Joe? Yeah, I pretty much agree with Chris. Um, you know, he's got a 77% takedown defense. 
Um, he 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 KO'd um, Cerrone. He KO'd Till. Um, you know, um, Askren is obviously elite wrestler, but he is his. You know, he is known to gas. Um, he's not a great athlete. Um, kind of dad bod ish. Um, look, I'm gonna have shares of Askren. Don't get me wrong, but in a card where you are looking for an underdog. Um, you know, this jumped out at me from the moment the, the numbers were posted. Um, you know, I, I like, I like Masvidal here. I mean, uh, 7.5 K unfortunately, unfortunately, you're right. He's going to be uber chalk, um, you know, as, as, as a dog play as a sub eight K play. So, you know, do that with what you will, but I am going to pick him, um, for the upset. That's my second upset. I'm only picking, I'm picking two upsets on this card. All right, Amanda Nunez, 9,100, taking on Holly Holm at 7,100. Nunez minus 380, Holm plus 340. The home haters are out, and I get it. It's it's tough to justify her getting a title shot with her recent resume. I'm going to throw that out the window and just stylistically, this is not a good fight for Amanda Nunez. I'm still picking Amanda Nunez to, to win, by the way, but this is not a good stylistic matchup for her because the most similar stylistic matchup to home is Shevchenko. And those were pretty close fights for home. She didn't score a ton of DraftKings points in those fights. Home went five rounds against Cyborg. Won two of those rounds. It was a 48-47 fight. Like home was not that far away from being the featherweight champion on, on two separate occasions. I think, man, the, the the difference maker here is that when Amanda Nunes hits women, different stuff happens. She's got crazy power. So there's that to it, and grappling life, she's going to have an advantage. She's just got more tool. I just think Holly Holm is live here, and I'm just I'm not convinced that Amanda Nunez is. You know, we've seen her, and she knows she has gas tank issues. If she's you know going to draw draw this fight out, she needs at her price range. She needs over a hundred, and she's going to be really chalky. So I like Amanda Nunez. I like Amanda Nunez to win the fight. I think Holly Holm is a viable punt. And I'm not sure I want to be chasing all the chalk on Amanda Nunes. So I do think she wins, though. Uh, uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah, so, you know, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Sean. I mean, I, I like if she was 9,600 or 9,500, I'd be a lot more apt to fade. I mean, you know, looking at, at this fight at 9.1K, um, you know, has me wanting to have more of her now. Um, you know, obviously MMA math doesn't work, but if you're looking purely at this as, as an MMA math fight, you know, home went, you know, five rounds with, with, uh, or went five rounds with Cyborg where, um, you know, Nunez nuked her. So of course that means that, you know, you know, Nunez should be able to nuke, um, home, um, but home fights completely differently. She's more of a, a range fighter. Uh, I would like to see Nunez take her down right away. I don't know if she's going to fight that way. I don't know if she is, you know, just enamored with her, her punches and just will we'll try to pressure her and finish her that way. Um, but I would really like to see her try to get this fight to the ground. Um, I, I can't exactly endorse home as a play here um, because I think even in a win, she's not going to score very well. Um, you know, so I'm picking Nunes to win, obviously. I'm still debating on how much exposure I'm going to have to her. Um, I do think that she will get the finish here. It might be late, so I'm not really sure what she's going to score. Um, but I like her salary at 9.1K. I think it's very fair. 
Um, there's, you know, tiny amount of odds value maybe. Maybe there'll be more um, as lines, you know, tighten up a bit and other fights. Um, I'm picking Nunez to win, though. Chris? So Holly relies on counterpunching, and I just don't know where she would ever find counter shots against somebody who's going to keep you at the end of her range and um, is very accurate. I don't, sure. I don't, I don't think that um, this is a bad stylistic matchup. I agree in a sense that look, Holly can be stingy um, on the point total. She fights very safe. Um, she's probably going to be stronger than Amanda. She's stronger than most women. She was stronger than Cyborg. Um, so she could try to wall install her as she did with Cyborg. But, um, as far as, as far as the pick goes, I really think this is pretty safe. Um, the only thing, the only weapon that Holly has that I love is the question mark cake, but she doesn't use it enough and she never sets it up. Um, so I can't rely on her throwing one strike. And I think that every other tool belongs to Amanda Nunes, including the power, like you said. I don't think it's a stoppage is out of the question here, considering how much she got tagged up in that Chris Cyborg fight. But um, I'm going to go Amanda. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if she didn't hit salary, but I'm going to have some shares. Does anybody know, if anybody in chat knows, uh, tweeted out, is this Holmes' first fight post-divorce? Because uh, that could be uh, an interesting narrative. Um, if anybody knows, like, like, like chat it out. But... I'm just curious, personally. I know she's recently gotten divorced. I don't know if this is our first fight post-divorce. And that's... hanging around with John Jones an awful lot and all these UFC embeddeds and stuff. So okay, oh, so, yeah, that adds, that adds to the narrative. I'm just throwing that out there. No, okay. no substance to it. Got it. Just everyone, every video I've seen this week, they've been together. Anybody else realize that? Like they played the whole guess who thing. They're, oh, they're, oh, they're, they? It's Jackson Wank all hanging out together. So right. it very well could be nothing, but. You know what? It's more fun. They're probably hooking up. Anyway, right. John not? Jones, 9,600, taking on Tiago Santos at 60. Both of their parents were in the clergy, so they got that going for them. God, I'm going to keep powering through this. Jones, <laughs> 35. That is true, though. Santos, you brought it up. <laughs> Santos, plus 525. Everyone knows Santos has got the puncher's chance here. Most dangerous guy Jones has fought. Jones. When is Father Time going 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 to catch up to Wait, him? Wait, are you saying that tongue in cheek, or you really mean you think he's the most dangerous guy Jones has ever fought? He's objectively, objectively mm -hmm. the most dangerous. I, guy. Don't even, I don't even think he's in the top ten. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay, well, we're, we're talking. Hang on, hang on. Let me finish my intro, and then yeah. you guys are time out, please. Recently, I believe, I believe Sanders is the most dangerous guy Jones has ever fought. Has fought recently. I said it again. Jones has fought recently. One will father time catch up to him. Is he getting getting complacent? Either way, ninety six hundred is a lot to pay up for and build build a good lineup. But he's you know if he grapples, this thing could be over quick. Santos any kind of win sixty six hundred. He's on the optimal lineup. And if it just goes a little bit, if Jones doesn't have that killer instinct, a la Anthony Smith, does Santos get enough points just to kind of get you through in a in a in a, in a lineup? I think this is stackable because. Santos is so cheap, and I'm I'm looking at double punting this week in cash games. Like both sides of it for tournaments. Not going to be all in and though because there's just it's too many extremes. I do think Jones wins, but my heart will be rooting for him to be unconscious. Let's see a lot of, a lot of arguing here to start with. Let's let's um let's start with Chris. Mine. Let's start with Chris, because I want Joe to yell at you after. Okay, well 
I, I just have to say, as a jumping off point, there's a difference between most skilled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and most dangerous. Tiago Santos, based on his finishing rate, is, I would say, the most dangerous fighter that Jones has ever fought in his prime. I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's close unless I'm missing somebody who's really obvious, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. Wow. Making his rise. I've got, I've got 12 guys that are better than, that are yeah, tougher than Santos. You have, you have to look at guys like, I'm going way back, but Rampage, TRT, Belfort, you know, that, that whole Lichita, era. Cheetah, Evans, Cormier, Gustafson, Sonnen. I mean, all better than. Ch that. What? Chael clearly. What? You know, this Sonnen in his prime is better than Santos? I can't do that. Are you, you going to start naming Scott Holtzman again? Because I can't do it. I can't no. do it again. No, um, um, you, but look, I mean, I Never think that – Give me Stephen Bonner over, over Santos, please. Okay, let's, okay. let's calm down a little. Yeah, you really need to calm down. Um, <laughs> I, I think that um, – look, Santos is um, a different – probably a different style matchup. Like, if you want to say um, – Rampage uh, might have had uh, a, a, the burst fighter explosiveness in his prime, but he wasn't as athletic as as a guy like Santos. He he, he didn't have the the range kicking game, obviously that Santos does. Um, John Jones spends a lot of time at range. He just does. He spends a lot of time at range. So if he's there, uh, Santos can can use that kicking game. I think that John Jones uh, needs to turn this into a clinch battle, and I think that's where he wins it comfortably he can i'm not saying he can't win it at range but i think the path of least resistance here is either on the ground or in the clinch i think anytime they spend at range is time he's giving santos to land a shot having said all that i'm picking john jones just because i think there's enough holes in santos's game uh he swings a little bit too wide he can get he can get tired at times i think that if john jones hangs in there and 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 extends this past the first round I think that um, that this is his fight, but within that first three minutes, make no mistake about it, uh, Santos is going to be dangerous, and he oh. is alive. He is. I don't understand how this is even controversial. I'm, all right, I'll let you. I'll let you talk. But um, he's going to be live. He's sixty-seven hundred. This guy is a finisher. He's athletic. He's powerful. He's got some technique. I'm. I, people th are going to think it's crazy because John Jones is John Jones. But he's a live play, and that's all I'm going to say. Now wow. you go ahead, Joe. I've got four words for you. What? And the four words are Eric. Did you bring up Eric? Spice. I knew you were going to bring up Eric. Branch. Those are the four first, words I have for you. First of all, okay. So, so well, let me finish here, dude. So my concern is not John Jones winning the fight or John Jones getting the finish. My concern is to get 12x for this fight, which is what I think you need. Jones would need to score 115 DraftKings points. Jones has never scored 115 DraftKings points in any of his fights. That is my one sole concern here. Is not Jones getting the win? Is not Jones getting the finish? It's Jones getting 115 DraftKings points. My fear is that he nukes him so quickly that, you know, you don't get a lot of points or that he, and I heard this phrase used more in MMA, plays with his food like he did with, with Smith. And this fight gets this fight drags out, and he doesn't get 115 points. I have no fear at all of Santos. Yes, he's got a puncher's chance. I will have five percent or less ownership of Santos. If Santos beats me out of a GPP, I am perfectly fine with that. I don't see it happening, but I'm, hopefully, my five percent that I have of him will help me somehow. 
or, you know, the five lineups that I'm going to have or six lineups with Santos in it will help me. But I have no worries at all about the outcome. My concern from a DraftKings perspective is a concern that everyone should have is that to get 12X, and I'm talking GPPs here. I am not playing any cash on this card. The GPPs are too rich. No cash for the second week in a row. Um, I'm worried about him getting 115 points. All right, guys, let's go to hot takes. Let's wrap this thing up. Guys in chat, give me a hot take. I'm gonna re I'm just going to stick to one this week, one hot take. Fire them away. I'll pick one in between when these two guys go. I'll give them another second to think as my hot take is Amanda Nunes will not be on the winning GPP lineup. I am fading Amanda Nunes. Is that hot enough, or should it, or, or or do we need to go a little bit spicier and pick a second? It's all right. That's fine, dude. That's fine. So my, my hot take is more of an observation. I guess you can call it a hot take. Um, someone in chat pointed out that if you parlayed every favorite on the card, um, it would pay 29 to 1 at his book. So while we were on this podcast, I went into my little New Jersey DraftKings app um, for sports betting, and every favorite pays on mine like just over 25 to 1. So what did I do? I put $75 to win $2,000 um, on, on a parlay with every favorite, and I think maybe I will use that as a hedge to my DraftKings lineups. Yeah, in case really. Every favorite does, in fact, win. Um, $75 will, will pay me $2,000 back. So that's what I'm throwing out there. Chris, oh, actually, wait, I got to go. The, the, the viewer one, I, I, I lied. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw out two. Okay. MMA KO. Love the guy. Um, Marlon Vera and Jess Avila will both be on the optimal. Ooh, I love that Avila call, man. I'm not. I'm not thrilled with Marlon Vera there, but I get it. I like Brandon Parker's because I'm. 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 It'll be well for me. Uh, Chance Rencounter wins via first round. Oh, that's a good one. Wow, that Ooh. would be cool. That, that is. It's spicy. All right, Chris, take it. Take us home. So I am. Happy that you read that one because I get to go in direct opposition to a viewer this week. I'm going to say that Marlon Vera gets knocked out in his fight against the newcomer. Like it. Um, okay. All right, guys. That's what we got. By the way, both those last two will be good for my uh, hedging. Like, I'll be good, <laughs> be good for my DraftKings lineup. I hope one of you guys are right. Yeah. I hope, I hope, me, I hope me too. Right. By the way, that eight that eight fighter parlay that I gave out last week, um, which obviously didn't hit, but it, it was six out of eight. I know that doesn't pay you anything, but it did go six out of eight. Okay. Hang on, I have to read Tom Green's because I like this one. Um, there's going to be a no contest in the card. <laughs> you know what? Jones in his eye pokes. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bet, you know, you know the way. God, can I bet that somewhere? I don't. I, don't <laughs> I gotta find that because just on top of it, the way Jones International Fight Week has gone his whole career, like something like that's gonna happen. Dude's just cursed. Yeah, is to himself, but that would not surprise me at all. That happened. All right, guys, that's it for UFC 239. Next week, the lackluster UFC Sacramento. Is oh all goodness! Yet. But yes. good luck in your contest this week. Make sure and follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real, Real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Go to rotowire.com slash free. 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Subscribe on iTunes, Rotowire MMA. Make sure you're listening on YouTube live or just subscribe to, to rotowire.com. Thanks again, guys. 
Enjoy International Fight Week. See you next week. Pandas are cool. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.